Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela Yucci. This episode features my great friend and sister in Christ, Jessica Torres. In this episode, we talk about her journey of coming to Christ as a former six-figure business owner with the Divine Feminine, where she would help women heal through New Age modalities. We talk about God's order versus Gnostic order, relationships, Mary Magdalene, sex, and so much more as we expose the truth of the Divine Feminine and how it is truly not divine. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so here we are, me and Jessica for Heaven and Healing podcast. Um, Jessica, thank you so much for doing this with me. This is our oh. this is our first time like meeting face to face and I'm really excited. It's been such a blessing to connect with you over the past couple of months just being sisters in Christ. Um I feel immensely privileged to know you and a real fellowship with you. Um for those of us that don't know who Jessica is, she just like little background has in like Rose Medicine, Mary Magdalene priestessship. And um, that being said, I'm going to hand it over to her. If you could just share with the audience how you came to know Christ, where you're coming mm -hmm. from. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It really is just, yeah, such a privilege to be able to speak to this subject because there are so many women that are really deeply, deeply involved in this. And after obviously getting saved by Jesus, I saw that it actually is not um, the work of God, should I say, for lack of a better word. Um, but yeah, so my name is Jessica, and I'm gonna just start off with sharing my testimony. Um, in September, I moved from Costa Rica to California with my partner who I was in a relationship with for a few years. and. You know, we were in one of those conscious relationships, right? We were doing the work, we were doing the shadow work, we were leaning into all the edges together, all the things. And um, there was a lot of like emotional abuse on both sides in that relationship. And I really, um, I wanted to expand my ability to love and to love someone else for where they were at. But there were so many things in that relationship that I now see from such a different lens that I now know why I acted certain ways that I did. Um, so we moved to California in September and I remember I was like deeply into my work. I was running a six figure business supporting all of these women and like, um, you know, it was like relationship with God, but not in the way that I'm teaching now. And it was about like pleasure and money and sex and sexuality and rose medicine and the true story of the hidden secrets of Jesus. And I was into all of that stuff. So in September I moved and it was like immediately I like started feeling sick. Like my body started feeling sick. And I remember seeing um, a new age to Jesus testimony and people starting to share scripture on Instagram. And I was immediately convicted, like immediately like what is going on here and I started getting really sick I remember sharing with my partner like hey something's not all right I don't feel okay I didn't feel good sharing my work anymore like I just didn't have the energy to do it um I was reading certain scripture which I'm going to share today that like was totally convicting me for things I was sharing and you know he didn't feel the same as me 
he was kind of saying like these people are in a trauma response like they're this and that and like for me it's like I knew that it was it was the truth um so I kept getting convicted kept getting convicted I wasn't fully looking I wasn't fully allowing the truth into my heart because I was so scared because my entire well-being was built in my business my partnership like it it would mean that I would be laying down my entire life and I was filled with too much pride at that time to even do that so like a few weeks after starting to get convicted I'm not going to share like the full detailed story because I'm going to share that in my full testimony when I film it but basically I the Lord let like had me have an experience where I you know me and my partner had an extremely traumatic breakup like extremely traumatic where he left and I was literally abandoned on my own. And it was so traumatic where it's like it opened this door for the enemy to kind of infiltrate my mind and wanted me to kill myself. So I was having demonic dreams. Um, the enemy, like just voices in my head, like just kill yourself, kill yourself. And it was like in those in that moment, Jesus, like I had an encounter with Jesus. And he was showing me like, I'm here for you. Like everyone left, but I'm here for you. And it's like, I felt the love of the Lord <laughs> for the first time in my life. And it's like, I had that encounter with him, but I wasn't fully like, okay, what is this? But it was like the only thing that brought me peace in those moments of like, I was like FaceTiming my mom like 20 times a day, like, mom, I'm going to kill myself. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Like I, it was like, just so dark the energy that was like surrounding me and the only thing that gave me a sense of peace and relief was Jesus mm. so it's like I knew that truth but I was so into like ecstatic dance and um like sex magic and all of these things embodiment practices sacred rage like so I tried doing these things breathwork journeys to to make me feel better and every time that I was either go where I would be about to go do something like that, God, it was like the, a conviction of Holy Spirit, obviously, but God saying, I'm not there. I'm not at ecstatic dance. I'm not in a breathwork journey. I'm not going to be found in that embodiment practice. Like you're not going to find me by worshiping yourself. And it's like <laughs> in those moments, I was so humbled because for so long, I thought I had to be my own savior, but I did not have this strength like if it wasn't for Jesus, I probably would have killed myself because of the level of abandonment and just pain that I felt. So I remember watching, like, it was like, okay, I was feeling the love of the Lord, watching all these like Christian reels. And then um, I saw this woman share with me like, hey, you should watch Third Adam 3. It's called, it's on YouTube. This man, Spencer Smith, solid Christian Bible-believing pastor, um, creates these documentaries and <laughs> this documentary third Adam three like the divine feminine awakening it was like everything that I was teaching and believing was shattered all in one and I was left literally on my knees hysterically crying in repentance to the Lord just saying so sorry for what I have done and to myself what I've done to you what I've shared with other women like I'm so sorry and I remember just throwing out my yoga mat um throwing out all of my 
you know, my statues of Mary Magdalene, all of my rape stuff, like just chucking it all out um, and just fully, fully giving my life to Jesus. And it was a little uncomfortable because I still had these spaces open in my business. Like I had this six month, six month mastermind where actually one of the women in the mastermind also got saved by Jesus at the same time. And it's like, we had a few sessions left. So I would like come into the session, share with these women, like, this is what's happening in my life. Like, and that was a huge value of mine is to be so radically honest in my business with my clients, because I am a human and I was never trying to be higher than them. So like sharing with them, like, Hey, this is happening. And I'm Christian now. And like, this is my beliefs. And, you know, it was really just so wild. And, um, in that, you know, at that time I laid down my business and I'm just starting to like get it picked up again after like this purification process. But yeah, it's like I gave my life to Jesus fully and I have been in obedience to him and just learned so much um, already. And it's only been like five months, but I've never felt so much peace, purity. I've never felt so um, just deeply rooted in truth and just seeing what he's done in my life. It's just so beautiful. And I'm so thankful that even though I, I still have a broken heart and I feel so much grief around, you know, what happened with my ex because I really loved him so much. And I wish that he could have gotten saved with me. I just am so thankful that the Lord pulled me out of all the darkness that I was in and involved in for literally 10 the decade of my life. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, It's so vulnerable to hear all of that. And I resonate with a lot of it with the suicide and because I, the same thing happened to me right before I got saved. I was, I was right on the brink and it's funny how that happens because I wasn't saved yet. And the enemy knew that. And that was like the last chance he had to take my soul basically um thank you again for sharing that what what got you interested in all of the divine feminine worship in the first place like what drew you in yeah okay so it really started when I was younger like the Jezebel spirit entering into my life and for those of you that guys that don't know what Jezebel is she is an evil spirit that enters our lives through like sexual immorality and porn and things like that and Um, She's super seductive and manipulative and um, teaches to worship yourself. And it's, it's like all this interconnected to the whole divine feminine movement. So I started masturbating when I was like four, I was having oral sex with women by time, women, girls, by time I was seven, I, um, I am an incest survivor. So there was a lot of sexual immorality there and just so much, just like from a young age, just thinking about sex and like, just all that so I saw how the enemy used those as doors when I was really younger to you know kind of bring me into that world of like just sexuality and um, just through the trauma and you know fast forward to um, what was it like four years ago now I started getting really into like sacred sexuality and masculine and feminine polarity and a lot of David Dita's work. I don't know if you guys know David Dita, John Wineland. I was like super into their work. Um, I was actually, this is kind of like the turning point that really brought me into the divine feminine rose, um, rose medicine and stuff. 
I was engaged to be married a few years ago to like my high school sweetheart to a man that like literally loved me more than anything ever and I still regret to this day what I did and um, I cheated on him with a man who I thought was this like conscious tantric man and who was like showing me what a real man was and I cheated on my my fiance and we broke off the engagement and it was just so horrible and at that time I was like wow this is God like leading me into my true destiny like and this man like told me about like tantra and you know you're a feminine divine feminine and like I'm a divine masculine and so that really got me um like my orienting me towards that because I was like oh I can transmute my sexual trauma and like kind of use it for light in a way like that's kind of what I thought I was doing and um when COVID first started I first started I remember I would see the book Mary Magdalene Revealed I don't know if you've ever read it or heard of it but Mary Magdalene Revealed and I would see it in like random crystal stores I'd see it online and I was like "Ooh, this is the universe like telling me to read this book right <laughs> so <laughs> but it's like Satan seduced this field to manipulate me telling me to read this book telling me to read this book so I remember that's like when I was first started dating my partner that we recently broke up and I remember reading this book with him like we lived together upstate New York and I remember reading this book and um just like having all these like revelations around it and like wow there really is no such thing as sin that's what it says in the book there's no such thing as sin um talking about the true Mary Magdalene relationship with Jesus and I literally while I was reading this book I used to do shamanic breathwork journeys and it's basically like um an hour-long journey where you're like deep doing deep breathing like blindfolded and you're accessing the DMT in your lungs and and you're listening to this music and you're going on like these inner journeys right so I went on this inner journey and in the journey I had a vision of Mary Magdalene it was like black and white and we were in a field together and she was like very voluptuous and seductive and like long hair and like I was laying on her lap and she was like stroking me and she's like you're gonna be devoted to me now and at the time at the time I was like wow like I I thought it was like the best thing ever like I thought like I was like special and chosen to be like devoted to Mary Magdalene and now I know it was a demon seducing Mm -hmm. me sexually seducing me into this right (laughs) into this into this world so I remember like awakening from that journey just like totally inspired and it was like a few a few months later I really started my business and I used like all that um into my business and uh I also read the book Magdalene Manuscript which is a channeled book And it talks about how Jesus and Mary Magdalene are lovers and that they did sex magic together. And so this is who I thought Jesus (laughs) Jesus was. These are, you know, this is who I thought it was. And I was very into like empowering women and sex and sensuality. And um, obviously all of that came crumbling down after meeting the real Jesus. But yeah, I was sucked into this whole world through sin, basically. That's that's insane. When you set, told me that story, I got chills everywhere. That was because that's like, 
Because you can just, once you know, you can just like tell that it's evil. Oh man. Yeah, I, wonder, I, I, I bet will listeners will have that same experience. That was, um, yeah, that was chilling to hear. And it's crazy because it is so seductive. And I think that's like a huge misconception that a lot of people have with the divine feminine in general. And just a lot of the new age stuff is that, you know, when we come out as Christians, we say like, this is all satanic, it's all demonic. And then people are like, no, it's not. And that's the point. It's not supposed to feel that way. That's why we're drawn to it in the first place. Amen. Um, <laughs> Amen. But that, that's insane. That's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. Praise God for saving you from that. And you said you weren't even looking for anything. It just kind of fell into your lap, right? Yeah. Yeah. It all just came. And it's like so sad because it's like I saw when I got saved how Satan used all of my trauma against me to make and all of my talents against me to like, you know, he sexualized my, he made me sexualize my relationship with God and my relationship with Jesus. And that's what a lot of people in that world are doing right now you know it's just right. really sad because it's the furthest thing from the truth because mary magdalene was a demon oppressed woman who was saved by jesus she wasn't this tantric priestess like no she had demons and only jesus could set her free mm -hmm. right and that's where her liberation came from from that yeah not yeah. sex magic mm -hmm. of isis <laughs> Yeah. And God is so disrespectfully entrenched within all of this too, because like you said, you thought you had a relationship with Jesus. You thought you had a relationship with God. And it's not that God was never there, but it was this idol that we had both created and that other victims of this create in their own image based on what feels good. Amen. So what it's all um, about feeling good, right? That's all. So, so that actually brings me to my next question is what did you define the divine, um, define the divine feminine as like, what did yeah. that mean to you? Okay. So, oh my goodness. So I used to teach that God was light and dark and that God was both the form and the formless. God was, was body and consciousness. So I would teach like the divine feminine is my body and the divine masculine is the consciousness moving through my body. So the divine feminine is also darkness and the divine masculine is the light, right? So, you know, the divine feminine was like all the shadow parts of herself that need to be liberated through expression, through sexuality, through sensuality, through um, nudity, through, you know, through all of these other things. All things that come from the self. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Everything about yourself. Yeah. And I actually, I watched that documentary that you were talking about, The Third Atom. It's, yeah. It was incredibly groundbreaking and highly recommend listeners check that out as well. Um, and it talks a lot about that, that structure that you and I were talking about before we started filming, mm -hmm. how... The divine feminine is all about what you were just saying, like the light and the dark. And it's like the balance of the two. And when we do that, when we focus on the balance and like creating this like unity of man and woman in the image of self, in the image of God, all is one, then it totally just rips away the structure that God created for us. So could you speak Amen. on that a little bit? 
Yes. Amen. That's something that when I watched that documentary, it was like, you know, that real audio and it's like, oh no, oh no. That's like literally what happened to me when I was watching. I was like, oh no, because it's like (laughs) Satan uses the balance. The yin and the yang is all satanic. And that's like what I was like basing everything off of and what so many people are. But God's perfect design is obviously Christ at the top, man, woman, child. And I, and I, you know, how he describes it in that YouTube, Satan goes after the woman because she is the most vulnerable and mm-hmm. she can totally, like when you go after her and she questions her faith in her, in God, everything will fall apart. And I saw in that moment how I was like Eve, like I had the serpent in my ear telling me like, do this and that and like I'll give you everything of this world and I did like I was making six figures in less than a year in my business I was like manifesting all of these things and it's like I was given everything of the world but in exchange for my soul Mm -hmm. and you know that's you know so many people are traumatized and everyone's really into healing their trauma but it's like where does trauma come from trauma comes from dysfunction which comes from disorder so what's the original order here? It's God's order, it's not the satanic order. And that's what we need to go back to is God's order, not Satan's order. And that's where I saw the fall of like my family, the fall of myself, like all this came from not having my eyes on Jesus. That was so, that was a great way to put it. Amen. I, you know, a lot of people and myself included because I was there too when you think of like the structure of Christ man woman child right it's there's this part of us maybe as women perhaps not now saved in Christ but as women that naturally want to rebel against that and that's evident just from the fall itself i mean eve is the one that was deceived eve is the one that yeah. took the fruit and so that that can trigger that defiance within us and say, no, like, I'm not, I'm not subject under any man. And, you know, a lot of people have this misconception that being in God's order is, it's like imprisonment, right? It's, it's oppression. That's the word that people really love to use in like the feminist movement. It's oppression. But I like realized that the most oppressive thing is the structure of the divine feminine because it's literally you are literally imprisoned by what your flesh wants and when you're in god when you're in god's order you are free in his holy spirit and it's just it is so backwards and it's so sad how this is being taught everywhere it's literally everywhere it's everywhere it's everywhere. And you know, like something else that I want to say is that all these women overall, like they just, they desire to, like what I was involved in and the, the people that I was also like looking up to the coaching, in, the part of the coaching industry I was a part of was like, women were learning like submit, right? Submission as the feminine to the masculine, but like really like Jesus is the missing piece. Right. The true wholeness is that God, Jesus is the masculine and we, the body of Christ is the feminine and the feminine submission to the masculine to Jesus is what will bring true wholeness. But that's, you know, that's everyone's like using like sky daddy and like 
God wants to F me open into all this money. And like, it's all just like lust of the flesh. And you just, I saw it personally in myself in the end. I didn't have all of the fruits of the spirit, no self-control. Like, so those are just indicators that what I was doing was not godly. Yeah. And it's all, you know, we hear so much about like the toxic masculinity in the world, but it's really, I mean, and that exists, um, you know, like abusive men and things like that, but those are ungodly men, first of all. Yeah. Um, but we don't talk about toxic femininity and that's really what this is because the toxic feminine is trying to gain control of all things. Yeah. Yep. And, and where am I? Um, second Timothy verse 14, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So again, that just goes to show we are the vulnerable ones. Like that's why yeah. we are targeted and yeah. we become oppressed when we believe that we are. But when we know that we're free in God, in his structure, that's everything. That's where, everything. that's where the real healing is. It doesn't come yeah. from anything that we can do with our own nope. flesh. Um, sensuality is definitely mm -hmm. something I wanted to talk about because that's, that's surrounds everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on sensuality then versus now and how it really kind of inflicts um, hurt on women? Yeah, such a good question because, you know, the truth is, is that women are, we do have this extra attraction, should I say, our bodies, right? Our bodies like are naturally attractive and um, can like stir up, right? <laughs> stir mm -hmm. up attraction in men and all of that. And before, like when I would teach sensuality, like it was like, um, the way that you talk, the way that you dress, the way that you, you know, like we're to like kind of accentuate this part of us as women. And now it's like, well, I want to read actually a verse that Please. really, um, really uh, convicted me because I was teaching sensuality. And this is Mark 7, 20 to 23. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. From far within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And I remember when I first read that, it was before I fully gave my life to Jesus. And I was like, sensuality, like, oh my goodness, like, I literally teach this. And now it's like I see that it's kind of like the Proverbs 31 woman like a woman charm is de deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised mm -hmm. and the way that I view a virtuous woman now is so differently because I see that sensuality is of the world and this doesn't mean like like God gave us senses right we have nervous systems we we have senses to enjoy and but there's a difference between enjoying these in in a way to worship the lord or enjoying them to indulge in self-pleasure and you know it's borderline hedonism when we indulge too much in those sensualities and not give thanks to the per 
to the one who gave us this enjoyment in the first place Mm. so I see like sensual like I don't desire to be sensual anymore like I may you know my voice is womanly like I am feminine like I have a feminine body but it's like I rather be I rather fear the Lord be a God-fearing woman and I see modesty and all that so differently and and how you know the way that I was living was not honoring God in the way that I dressed and the way that I presented myself um and it just it it keeps you in bondage to your flesh when you're just a slave to your sense your senses absolutely and James 3 13 this wisdom descendeth not from above but is earthly sensual devilish and (laughs) whenever sensuality is brought up in scripture it has that connotation that it is not from god And again, like you said, it's not to say that God doesn't want us to experience like pleasure. He just doesn't want it to be, like you said, in bondage to our, to our own self, to our own flesh. Um, And I think that's, that's another misconception that a lot of people have about Christianity is like, oh, you have to be boring. You have to be modest, but it's not that it's not boring to have a God that wants to protect you. And that's, that's why he has all this in place for us, because he knows, like you said, that women are naturally, we're naturally appeasing to the eye. Um, He knows that men are just drawn to us by nature. And so the truth is he knows that we are powerful. That's why he has to call forward modesty within us. Because as soon as we step out of that, we do have too much power over men. And God knows that Amen. about it's, God knows that about yeah. us. Like we're not yeah. he doesn't yeah. see us as these like weak, you know, small beings. Yeah. yeah. Um it's so easy just, to use our bodies to manipulate and to, you know, I've obviously I think most of us as women have done it. When you don't have Jesus, you can use these things for for bad, you know, just as the Jezebel spirit, but I was going to say like sensuality beforehand it's like so deeply like tied to your emotions and your emotional mm-hmm. state like oh like I feel like turned on when I do this and like I feel I feel this and I feel that like and what I've learned is that faith over feelings when it comes to actually worshiping mm-hmm. the true God and we don't worship to feel something because when you worship to feel something you're only worshiping yourself and this is still something that I, you know, am finding myself sometimes like in church and worship, like, well, I don't feel it's like, wait, if I'm looking to feel something, am I really doing it for God or am I doing it for myself? So you can really check yourself with sensuality, you know, and your emotional state to see like if you're just doing it for self-worship or if I you're resonate. actually doing it. I resonate with that yeah. a lot. I um it's funny because I mean, I'm still feel like one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this with you so soon is because it's something I'm still healing with God. Um, because the enemy knows this is one of my biggest weaknesses and he still uses it against me. Like I'm still, I still fall victim to 
these own temptations that I have to be sensual. Like I want to be the one that stands out, like, you know, things like that. And it comes from a lot of trauma that I had um, because I used to be like really overweight. I was like 250 pounds and like no boys ever wow. wanted me growing up. Like I was always made fun of, like no one ever wanted to date me. Everyone teased me. And then I guess like it's been six years, like six years ago, I just lost all this weight and suddenly everyone wants me. And I loved it. Like I loved all the attention. And so being in new age, it was always like me learning how to harness that power that I now have. And like, and like luring men into my own, for my own gain, like to get what I wanted out of the experience and to make sure that I was pleasurable. And I literally like, um, I remember saying maybe one month before I was saved saying out loud, I never really got to have a hoe phase and like wanting that so <clears throat> badly. Like I wanted it. I wanted to go yeah. sleep with people and like, um, like even people that were involved in relationships, like I wanted to go experience sensuality with them. And yeah, it, it was, it's insane. And I, in hindsight, now I see like God was really protecting me from all of that because I can't even imagine yeah. the trauma that I would have fallen into. I remember reading tarot cards a couple months before I was saved and telling my friend, you know, I feel like, because there was, there was this guy that was like into me and like, me being in a relationship and I, I was like, I, this guy's just like drawing me in and I feel like something's going to happen. And I, I don't think I'm going to be able to help it. Like I, you know, that's crazy how it, how alluring it feels yeah. and how all the new age stuff affirms it. Like the tarot yep. cards were like, do it, you know? Amen. Amen. And, and it's I'm like so the divine feminine. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me too. And that's so understandable that like, you know, women desire to feel desired. And I used to believe that new age and that hasn't changed now. Like we all desire love. We all desire attention to feel significant, to be recognized. And when we don't have that in God, we're going to look towards the world to give us that, you know? And um, also like so many of these women in this space, as I was, have a lot of sexual trauma and abuse. Like most of my clients have had past of sexual trauma and abuse so like using this as a way to like free themselves from that and um it's just so sad because it it um it offers like some false healing like sometimes you feel free like oh I'm gonna post this picture with like lights over my nipples and like all these people are gonna like it and like be like wow you're so free and like I used to get that all the time but in the end it was like Satan whispering in my ear like do this and do that and like as a way to seduce me. And when you're, when your mind isn't renewed by the word of God, you like lose logic and you just live for your, you just live for your emotions and you live for your senses. And this can get us in a lot of trouble as it did me when I fell into literally the devil's temptation and cheating on my, my ex fiance who literally like did not deserve that at all, but thinking that I knew better. So you know, when we don't seek the Lord for this, this love that we desire, just going to leave us more and more empty. Absolutely. Amen to that. And for the record, I did, I like had to make a note of this because I get it a lot that like, oh, you're judgy. For the record, we are not judging anybody. We, because I know you can speak to this too, that 
there is so much compassion that I feel for women that are so deeply entrenched in this kind of uh, behavior yeah. because I understand 100% yeah. how right it feels, how divine it does feel in that. Mm -hmm. Like I totally understand. It's not, this isn't about casting judgment. It's not about condemning anyone that's God's job, you know, but this is all just about reinforcing God's truth. And yeah. so I just wanted to make that clear for the audience too, that we're not judging anybody or not shaming anybody. It's just reinforcing God's truth. Yes. Amen. Like I was just there not too long ago. Right. Like literally at this time last year, I was enrolling for a group program called Pussy Money God. <laughs> and Lord, like I had to repent so hard for that. And like, I still like connected some of the women that were inside of it, but like, guys, like I was so deeply deceived by all of this stuff. And, um, just knowing that the true freedom that we seek is only in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Timothy four one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the later times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Amen. Like, Amen. It's not, yeah. and it's not any of these women's fault and it wasn't our fault. It's literally the design of the devil because he knows, he knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths and he knows this word inside out and backwards better than we do. So he knows how to manipulate it. So he knows how to express just enough truth in it to draw us mm -hmm. in and then cloaks everything in enough deceit to keep us there. Yep. So that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And are you familiar with like the not the Gnostic belief structure? Yes. That's like that's all that's Mar the Mary Magdalene reveals is like all it's like teaches Gnosticism. And it's so wild, Angela, because when I was like when I was first getting convicted, I remember um going on to the woman, the author of that book, Megan Watterson. She has an Instagram and um so many followers all these women and like it's it literally says like the feminine feminist gospel like it's like clearly mm -hmm. like feminist which we know now is like the work of the devil and I remember just like look like once the scales were removed I saw everything for what it was and I was like this is literally evil like this is evil like disguising itself as light and liberation and all these women are just getting like turned to their flesh now rather than like the true Jesus. And, you know, I even saw my own Instagram before I archived a lot of stuff. And I was just like, wow, this is so no wonder why I was still suffering. No wonder why I was still, cause I was living in sin and I was not, I was just giving my body away to anyone, like just giving it away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this verse too. 2 Timothy 3 1 to 7 but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women 
burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at knowledge of the truth. (laughs) Amen. That was so good. Thank you for sharing that. That's a really great verse. You also just described 2022. (laughs) It's It's like all in the world. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. As I was studying this like Gnostic belief structure and, um, you know, because I wanted to know, like, where does the divine feminine come from? That's what kept coming up for me. And it was all about that balance because it says, like, God is both a man and a woman. And then you think of, like, the culture that we live in, like, Ariana Grande, God is a woman. Like, I would listen to that song yeah. all the time. And, I mean, Ariana Grande, don't even get me started on, like, the... <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, I, the know. Illuminati I know. With her. But also, you know, the goddess Sophia, right? that is supposed to be the feminine aspect of the Holy Spirit, like God's counterpart. And you know, what's really interesting is that a few years ago, they came out with that AI robot, Sophia, like the one that, that is supposed to teach like universal love and consciousness and oneness. It is insane. It is everywhere. And once you are, once you become aware of this, you can't, you can't not see it that the devil is literally running rampant in this world yeah, all over literally. the place. And it yeah. comes through in this divine feminine spirit because it seems so alluring yeah. and so light and so loving and so unifying. But I think it talked about in the third Adam documentary, how God isn't necessarily a unifier. Like he does create structure for a reason. Yep. And that gets really lost on us. Um, Yeah, yeah, the worship of the divine feminine I wrote down is all in an effort to unify women to God, men to God, women to men, all is one. And that's the Christ consciousness that we talk about. But in reality, he is sovereign over all of it. Yeah. He is the sovereign one. He is. And it just leaves him out, all of that. And it's like, I I would also teach and I would also practice um like sex magic and like manifesting with your orgasms and um pleasure rituals and all things like that and like it's all guys as like it's literally sin guys as healing and sin guys as um you know it's all for like self-gain and yes like women who have real sexual trauma like I you know I can speak to this like I I was like I have ancestral trauma, like sexual abuse, like within my own family. And for so long, I was using these things to like try and help myself heal from it. But what I really needed was Jesus and, and to be able to forgive this person in my life. And I didn't need to, um, you know, I had a freaking, (laughs) I had like a pleasure wand that was in, in the shape of a serpent that was in the shape of a serpent. And I would release trauma with this thing and would like manifest, you know, like do like sex magic, blood magic with my menstrual blood rituals and offerings to to the divine feminine. And she will like, she will come, you know, she is the spirit and it's, it's evil. It's not pure. It's not godly. And it's so sad because all these women are, like I said, hungering for this submission to something um, and are just being so seduced and manipulated and having their trauma used against them. And they're not actually healing anything. Right. Um, 
while it's on my mind, can you talk a little about yeah. the Magdalene Revealed book? Because I haven't read that, but I know it's very popular. And somebody right before I was saved, like when I was just like one foot in astrology, one foot in Christianity, like right on that brink, someone told me, um, hey, I'm like worried about the direction that you're headed in. Like all these misconceptions you have about Jesus, which weren't misconceptions. It was the word of God. Um, she told me you should really read Magdalene Revealed to know the truth. So I never mm -hmm. read it, but what did that, yeah. how did that shape you? And what is that kind of, what does that teach women? Yeah. So, so the most things that stick out is one, it says like, there's no such thing as sin. So what it talks about is like, we can never do anything wrong. And, you know, this woman, the author, she has, she came, I believe, from a Christian like home and she was, you know, into the church when she was younger. Obviously, she like got unfortunately got into like the distorted version of it and um how they like talked about women and left out women, which obviously we know now that Jesus loved women and Jesus <laughs> did not approach women in that way. But um she goes like on this venture throughout like Southern France and stuff and like goes to all the areas that Mary Magdalene was. And mm -hmm. she basically like, like she, in the book, she talks about how um, Mary Magdalene had the seven demons and that the seven demons were actually the seven deadly sins. And she kind of like, um, like debunks them for her, like for her, her own good, like debunks these sins and makes them not look as bad. And like tries to share them in a way to like empower ourselves through it rather than like ask God and Jesus to deliver us from them. So that's kind of where I was like, wow, like I can take this into my own hands and I can, you know, free myself from these things. And, and I've never done anything wrong and nothing was wrong. Nothing was a mistake. And now I see that like there were many things that, that were actually horribly, terribly wrong. And it, I was, I'm a sinner. Like I, I'm a sinner and that's why I need Jesus so it um that book and I don't know if you've ever heard of the word uh the book pussy by oh my goodness like it, these are all like interconnected to each other but it's all like the divine feminine empowerment and using your body and um yeah about how like uh Jesus and Mary Magdalene were just lovers you know and <laughs> they like had this like secret life together and they had a daughter and um yeah it's just taking God out of the picture mm -hmm. and replacing yourself as God mm. that's interesting yeah I I learned a lot about Mary Magdalene um growing up actually because I mean the irony of it I was raised by a single mom who you know had to do everything on her own like I was an accident honestly I mean, no accidents with God, but I was, I was like, I was conceived through complete sexual immorality, like is as bad as it gets. And I'm not going to share my mom's personal business, but the way I was conceived was not moral by any means. And, you know, she, she never like worshiped anything and never taught me to worship one thing or the other, but because she had this sense of I got to take care of my little girl. I have to do it all on my own. She raised me on that like woman empowerment kind of mindset where like you don't need no man sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. we were, 
my grandparents raised her Catholic. So we had like, you know, knowledge of Catholicism and, you know, pray Hail Mary, praying to the Virgin Mary and worshiping the Virgin Mary in a way as like being the divine life force that gave, you know, a home for Jesus, you know, Jesus is a fetus. But I actually said this to my mom this morning because she was uncovering this with me. I said that it wasn't Mary. It wasn't the Virgin Mary that did it. It was the Holy Spirit. Like she was just the vessel and she was chosen and she was special, but it wasn't her. And, you know, my mom was really interested in like Knights of Templar and things like that. And so it's just subconsciously my whole life, this programming slowly being ingrained in my brain of women, women, women. And there is this absolute power that we have in unification with God rather than in submission to him. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's, I mean, it's only left me traumatized ultimately. (laughs) It's led to so many issues with men. Like all this time I've been trying to figure out where all my issues with men come from. Why do I always, why am I drawn to this kind of guy and this kind of guy and that kind of guy? Why do I want these kinds of things? Like, and it's always because I was seeking, I was seeking that I was seeking self rather than God. And I was never seeking men of God. That's for sure. My attraction to men has changed 100%. I saw you talk about <laughs> this on your story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. How has your yeah. relationship with men changed since <sighs> abandoning the divine feminine? Yeah. Abandoning. Yeah. So obviously like I was saved out of a relationship basically. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the longest I've been single. Literally, I probably since I'm like 22 years old and I'm 28, almost 29 next month. And I was always seeking for a man to like fill this void that I felt. Like I always, I always saw myself like as a mother and like I wanted that like notebook storybook fairy tale relationship and I always tried to like mold my partner into that um and then getting into new age that totally skewed my idea of what a real ma- like a good man was because like I said before like my my um ex-fiance like he was an amazing man and he had so many godly traits um that I hurt him because I thought that I wanted like a conscious man who was like emotionally um understood emotions and like understood these things and tantric uh tantric man and um really like there was so much emotional uh like uh, I'm gonna just express some truth here like that I've experienced and you know in my past relationship like it was kind of like doors were open for desires like if you had a desire um you we should be able to share it with each other and express it in order to have a conscious relationship and there was just so many things that I heard like um literally was told to my face like I desire higher levels of beauty and um (laughs) like would you know just didn't feel desired or anything but like I continued to stay and um just like talked about my body and it really really broke me down but I thought like oh well this is the type of man that I should be with someone that's like really honest with me and like you know but meanwhile I was like putting myself in a place to be just like so torn apart and now it's like 
I am single for the longest I've ever been single. And yes, I pray for my husband every day. And I know that the Lord has him for me, but I am no way like forcing anything or trying anything right now, because I know that my identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And anything that I will search outside of him will never satisfy me. And my like standard of men now is like, I want like for them to love Jesus, for them to, you know, follow his word and his being his righteousness and um, also have like a relationship with their family. Like there's just so many things that I thought before were like that, that were not important that now I see are so wholesome and that them like, that I'm also honored as like, God honors us as his precious jewels. Like we are rubies, you know, mm. and Jesus just showed me so much of like how he sees me. And that's like my desire and standard now for the man that I'm going to marry. I relate to that. Cause I used to do the same thing, like always try and mold my partner into what you said, like a Taylor Swift song or the notebook, like just <laughs> something that I wanted that was pleasing to me, that was basically worshiping me. And now yep. when I think of what do, what do I really want? It's like, and not even what I want, but I, it's what God is calling of me. Like you, you want them to worship God, not you. Yes. Like that's, yes. it's actually like an extremely, I used to think it was like the most, like a strong man would worship his woman, but it's actually yes. not. It's, it's, <laughs> It's, it's, yeah. it's like making a man weak to be under the heel of his lady, you know? Oh, it's Jezebel. Literally yeah, manifesting. And that was like, I would like, and I would say that to like my ex-partner, like, why don't, like, I want to be worshipped, like this mm -hmm. and that. And it's like, oh my goodness. No, that's literally Jezebel speaking through me. And that's not, that's going to create so much disorder and dysfunction and eventually trauma, which it did in my relationship. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Amen to that. I relate. It's crazy. I um. I you know the whole idea of sex too, just in, yep. in in this world in general, that comes from divine feminine, um, origins. Just the empowerment thing. It's just like like you said. It's all it's all pleasure. It's all sensuality. It's yeah. all do what you want. What feels good, and it's just totally tainted sex in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, I just want to honor you for your ability to honor God in remaining single, even though I'm sure there are times when it's like heartbreaking for you, given your past, especially because I'm guessing that you're not used to being alone like that. Yeah. No. So that's really, that's really, really brave and beautiful. And seriously, congratulations for that. Like <laughs> Thank just you. being able to hold your boundaries and know what's right for you based on what you know God wants for you. I think a lot mm -hmm. of women need to know that, that we don't always know what's best for us. And we just really need to give it over to God and let yes. him just take the wheel and stop praying yes. for these men to change and for these men to do this and for these men to do that and just say, God, just do what you will. Yes. And also it's like, it's, it's changed so much. Cause it's like in the, in the realm of 
new age that I was in. Like I was, I wasn't involved in it, but I had a lot of people that I knew that were involved in like polyamory and open relating. And, you know, that was like talked about in my relationship, which I knew down to my core. I was like, I am monogamous and I don't want to have threesomes. I don't want to like open that up. Like I'm not sharing you. And that is seen as like selfish and, and an edge that you should lean into. And last night I just wrote in my notes, like there are so many people who have sensitivities to sin, which is how God created us with this conviction, but they think that their sensitivities are just edges for them to lean into it, to expand into ex- receiving more love. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like that's not how God created us. Like, it's man and woman like under the covenant of marriage and that has just I've always had that ring true for me but you know in the past in my past relationship like I was seen as like selfish for not like wanting to lean into these things or something was wrong with me because I didn't want to like explore that um, which is so sad and yeah (laughs) it is sad and it just lends back to what we talked about toward the beginning, how it's all in the like satanic agenda to rip away God's order. Yeah. And that's that, that, that sex is so deeply rooted in that. And like we said multiple times that God doesn't want to deny you of pleasure. Like God wants us to have sex. He, we wouldn't be able to have sex if God didn't want us to have sex, but he just wants it to be, I wrote, I have Corinthians, um, 616 know ye not that he which is joined my microphone's in the way to an harlot is one body for two saith he shall be one flesh we literally become Amen. one with the person that we sleep with yeah. there's no and it, it creates all these problems because as you go on but he that is joined unto the lord is one spirit yeah so when you have sex with your partner or your husband or your wife, rather, you should be joined in the Lord. And that I can only imagine, you know, the, what, what that pleasure feels like knowing yeah. that it's yeah. all in the Lord. Yep. Flee, yeah. It says flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. So clear. Your, Your body is God's temple. Your body is of the Holy Ghost. Flee from fornication because when you are engrossed in it you're sinning against your own body so you're just inevitably sinning against the lord oh the divine feminine is all about that you know go sexual empowerment sexual empowerment yeah exactly and it's like that's that's i actually recently wrote a post about god's creation for sex and that um verse just really hits me so deep because it's like you sin against your own body like what are the consequences of that And, you know, myself included, and I know so many people, so many women are doing like, uh, like vagina de-armoring practices from like trauma to their womb and trauma to their cervix from like, you know, abuse and stuff. And it's like, there's never going to be true 
healing until you turn away from sin and you turn away from fornication and you turn away from sexual immorality. Like you're always like, there's still going to be numbness. There's still going to be all of that because you're still sinning against your own body. If you're, you know, having sex outside of marriage and, and engaging in all of those things. So that was a huge thing that changed for me too. And I feel so, I feel healed now, like walking in obedience to the Lord. And it's not that I wouldn't do, it's not that I wouldn't have sex or anything outside of marriage because I'm afraid. It's because I know God loves me so much and I felt his love and I trust him and I trust his protection against me. And I wouldn't want to break his heart again because Mm -hmm. this body is not mine. This body is, you know, like this is my body, but like our souls are what is going to, you know, go into eternity. And it's just not worth it to me to, you know, please myself over breaking God's heart. Beautiful. I think that's a problem too, is how you said in the Magdalene Revealed book, how they say that there's no sin. Oh um, my gosh. So I still, I still see that in a lot of the people that I love, like my a couple, a couple of my new age friends that say, you know, they believe in God and they feel they have this, that relationship with God. And they say that sin is tied to shame. But the thing is, healthy shame leads to repentance. Yes. It's not a bad thing to feel regret for something that you've done. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. when we just walk around feeling like we can't do no wrong because we're just all in the human experience and just all doing the best we can and honoring the self. So we're, there can be nothing wrong. That is, that just, it's like a hall pass to just do whatever and to just have no accountability for ourselves and true love holds you accountable. And that's what people misconstrue about God is that his love, yes, he loves unconditionally, but love holds you accountable for those yep. things that are yep. not, that are not holy. And that's ultimately yeah. what he wants is for us to seek his holiness. Amen. I love that. And it reminded me of this verse, uh, Jeremiah 17, 9. This is one of the most convicting. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And I remember like I used to teach like the answers are in your heart and whatever your heart desires and this and that. But it's like when you don't receive the Holy Spirit and receive the heart of God, your heart is of the world and your heart desires are desires are of the world. And it's like, you know, there is right and there is wrong. And all of this work in the new age and what you were just describing is like, you're literally integrating darkness into your being. And it's like wiping out any of that healthy shame. Like if a child is at a store, right? And if the child feel something and you go in the car and your your child is like mommy like I have to tell you something like I did I I sold this and like not being like oh it's okay like you know you can it's all right don't do it again but like if there's no sense of like thank you for telling me but never do that again because that is not right you know like there has to be some sort sort of discipline there and I saw so much in so much of our suffering comes from you know, thinking that like no, we're living the YOLO life, like no regrets. And like, I've never made a mistake. And it totally 
it's a hardened heart and unrepentant heart. And then we never receive the gift of God through it. Mm. We're just continually seeking. Mm. Such a good way to put it. What was, um, just wanted to briefly circle back to what was your experience with Rose medicine? Yeah. So, you know, there's like the whole Rose lineage and it's like Mary Magdalene priestesshood. And I've never, I mean, I did like one course, I think one course when I was reading the book, um, but I never like went and like did like a retreat on it or anything. It really was just my own personal experiences with it. And I would like kind of worship roses in a way. Like I would always have roses on my altar and um, I would like do these like practices like with with the rose and stuff. And it was really like um, a representation and a symbol of the feminine and like the feminine blooming, you know, when, when you know, she's soft yet she has like, which some of it like is really, I don't think all of it is evil and all of it is deceitful because like you look at a rose, like a rose is so beautiful and there's so many different layers and, and then there's thorns, right? There's thorns Mm. and that's her protection. Those are her boundaries. Those are Mm. her, you know, the fierceness. And I just loved that. And that like really drew me in. Um, But in a lot of cases, the rose medicine could, we can make it an idol. Like I was kind of making it an idol in a way above God like making the medicine, you know, an an idol above God. And it can be another way to just become super seduced um, and just like super manipulated into that path. But it's so funny because like right after I got saved, I would like see roses and I kind of had like PTSD from them, like from like seeing them or like, because I kind of worship them in a way. Mm. Um, so just now, like recently, I could like look at them and not really think about like how I used to use them. Um, but yeah, it's basically like symbolism of the feminine in a sense. Mm. Um, I like that you said that because something that like people say this with crystals too, like, oh, so are we not allowed to like crystals? Are we not allowed? So people listening might say, so am I not allowed to like roses? It's no. not about that. It's about, it's about, um, what's the word like pa- like having a parallel as if the rose and god are equal to one another so then you can find you know worship god through the rose and that's not yeah. that's the thing that we're saying is detestable to the lord yeah admiring his creation and appreciating his creation and like maybe having a bouquet of roses in the house, it's harmless. But when we start to utilize these things as modalities to be with God, that's when it gets tricky because that's when it becomes an idol. Even if that's not our intention, our intentions are irrelevant. Yep. Amen. Yeah. And I was just making an idol for so long. Like I would always have a bouquet like on my altar and then that month when I would get my my period when I would bleed I would like bring the roses outside and like pour my blood on the roses and like you know like offer it to the feminine and right. it was just like doors and like all, so witchcraft, many offerings to de- it was literally witchcraft like mm-hmm. doors to demons and um this just reminded me like when I was living in Costa Rica I was living there for nine months it was like the height of my business I was doing like kundalini yoga and you know just reading Magdalene manuscript it was all this witchcraft and um 
I I would think like the like I literally have a serpent on my arm and I would like think um you know the serpent and the woman and you know the energy and it was just all connected and one day I came home from the beach and I opened my door to my room and there was a black snake in my room and that's when I was doing like alchemy like sex alchemy and I remember seeing the snake and I was like wow like this is so powerful and like meanwhile like now I'm like like evil like that's how like I was literally inviting like evil into my space and that's why there was so much like emotional torment happening like in my relationship and stuff so sad that's crazy that's so crazy (laughs) literally a black snake yep magic Um, is real guys don't play with it what what would you say to anyone listening that is maybe having trouble crossing the threshold understanding this like that still feel really connected to the divine feminine and all that it kind of defines what would you say to those women I would say that you are so loved and I know that you are seeking the truth and know that God loves you and God just thinks that you are so precious and please question these things that you are involved in and if you really really want the truth and you're really seeking God with your entire heart and soul get on your knees and and ask him and plead with him to show you the truth and he will and he has a better idea for the woman that he created you to be better than any of these ideologies can tell you any of these priestesshoods like can tell you um, his idea and his plan for you as a woman is so much better than that. So seek seek him and he will reveal himself to you. Mm, it's beautiful. I also wanted to say that I think now and just knowing based on what scripture tells me that true femininity, like the embodiment of true femininity is being that in which God's will requires and calls forward of us as women. Amen. I think that is really where it lies. Yeah. Amen. We're the, we're birthing the, you know, we're birthing the kingdom for Mm -hmm. him, you know, and there's so much, this divine feminine is a subtle manipulation on these women's father wounds. Right. And I'm doing a free class in two days talking about restoring the father and the divine feminine is not, it's, it's just a play on your wound with your father. And even if you don't have an opportunity to have a relationship with your father, you have a heavenly father that loves you so much. And like I said, you were precious to him and um, he has the best plan and can heal that completely. I love that you said that, that it like manipulates on the father wound because it comes back to what we talked about in the beginning, how although a lot of the divine feminine may try and teach us like um, submit to your man in subtle ways, it's still ungodly men. And that is the father wound as well, because it's always trying to use the man to fill the void. And so ultimately what it all comes down to toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, all of it, it just comes down to the God void. Everything in this world is the God void. Everything wrong with this world, I should say. Yeah. And And it's also tied to the month to money. Like 
it's the money wound and the God wound. And that's why there's so many women on like OnlyFans. Mm. You know, I've, I've actually sold my body when I was younger. I didn't express that here, but I've like sold my body when I was younger. And it was all tied to my wound with my father, which is ultimately through my wound with God. So Jesus can heal everything. They really <laughs> can. They everything. really can 100%. Um, this was a really powerful conversation. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I think that this is going to touch a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a message that people need. We really all need God, men and women alike. We all need God. We all need God first. Um, yes. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Father. if you would could you lead us myself and you and the audience in a closing prayer yes of course and thank you so much for having me and father god i just want to say thank you so much for bringing together me and my sister angela today and just feeling your presence so strongly here lord we feel you and we hear you and thank you so much for speaking through us i pray that all the seeds planted only fall on good soil father i pray that you soften the hearts of all those that are listening that you bring them to their knees and reach out for you father i pray that you remove the scales from their eyes and they see the truth in the deception that they are involved in and that you show them the love that they are truly seeking Lord, I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you.